Hey everyone and welcome to Project Esports for March 25th, 2019, 48 hours-ish before PAX East starts and we are here to talk some esports. I am Andrew Nimsgren as always alongside James Graham and Dylan Beerl. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I'm just ducky. Just, just ducky? Ducky, have you never heard of that? Like just ducky? Like it's like, I'm doing okay. Mainly because I'm the only one that's not going to PAX East. I have midterms next week. It's boomer lingo. It's boomer lingo. It is, it is boomer lingo, yeah. That's so true. Well, if you do not already know, this is a Project Esports podcast where each and every Monday we talk about all the big esports news. Well, today we'll be talking about Project. We'll be talking Overwatch and Project Overwatch. We're talking about the L- LEC and LCS playoffs, Fusion's new arena, and more. But with that, let's just jump right into today's show because we have no housekeeping outside of what we'll talk about a little later on about PAX East. But Dylan, let's talk some Dota. Yeah, so there was a big Dota major this past week. So Dream Hacks, um, Dota series uh, Dream League. Um, we're currently in season 11, or we just ended season 11 of it. Um, VG won. Um, it was in, I think it was in Stockholm. Vici one? I'm Vici. Vici. Like Vinny, Vidi, Vici. Like okay. that kind of Vici. Um, so they won, and it was a sick tournament. Um, I was uh, popping in and out throughout the week, weekend, and they. it was really good. You know, production was really good. Everything was solid. All the games were really sick. They had really weird things going on. Um, so one of their musical acts was like a famous Swedish um busker busker but, yeah it's like the people who play music for like change and stuff yeah they're like they're, they're like hand handlers but they're like specifically like talented like that's like their thing like is that they use their like talent to like earn money and stuff like that we have we have a literally an event called the buskers in Halifax, where like it's literally a ton of buskers come down and yeah everybody performs yeah, Andrew's a little city boy, or yeah. like a, I'm a, a little guy. town boy. Yeah, I'm a little town boy. If yeah, anything. A, a, a resident Kona. <laughs> I just um, learned what that meme means, but you know. But yeah, so he he has like a really weird act of where it's like a one man band kind of deal, and he had like an accordion and a harmonica and like like a like a um, a drum backpack, and it was it was insane to see on Twitch. Um, but it was great. Um, it was a it was a good major overall. Um, I don't follow Dota a whole bunch, but I had a couple people I was around who were super into Dota. They were loving it. It was great. Overall, good stuff from Dota. Um, the Dota scene's been doing pretty good recently, which is always good news, um, especially with uh, like Auto Chess coming out and everyone actually loading up Dota. Even if they're not playing Dota proper, they're at least loading Dota up. What is Auto Chess? I, I, I've seen this talked about so much. I have no idea what it is. We've yet to really talk about it on stream either. Oh, yeah, I guess we haven't really talked about it. So basically, it's... On the Steam Workshop, it's like a mini game within Dota, so it's like a mod of Dota, um, and it's basically like a one v one tower defense kind of game. So it's not a chessboard, but it's not really chess at all. Um, you get, you know, you buy characters and they fight against each other every round, and so you try to come up with compositions to fight each other. You try to like combine characters, and like if you have like maybe a certain criteria of like four elves or something on the board, then they get a bonus or something. Hmm. Um, it's cool. It's fun. I would definitely recommend checking out. Cause it sounds kind of fun. Free. It sounds like something I want to do. Yeah. Dota two is free. Um, and this is just a mod for it. So that's free too. Is this like uh like winter mall wars back in the day? Is it, would you compare it to that Dylan? 
I don't remember that one very much. So Winter Model Wars was basically like you would like send waves against each other while still creating like uh, mazes of like tower defense and stuff. No, like that. not quite. So it's more stripped down version of that. It's literally just like you have a like a big square and like two armies just clash. But they're not huge armies. They're a little bit smaller, but they just clash. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to check it out. I see a lot of like league streamers play it like in between games and stuff like that. So. I've been meaning to get on that horse. Yeah, but it's always good to see DreamHack still around and everything. Um, so definitely love when their when their series are doing this well. Um, for those who don't know, DreamHack, um, you know, huge, huge esports company. They put on a lot of really good tournaments. Um, I mean, the big one is its namesake. It's DreamHack, um, which usually has a ton of different games and stuff. But in Europe, this is like the esports events to go to. Um, so they're definitely holding down the scene with like starcraft dota and i believe csgo um they do really really well with those so good company good event as always i actually seen like a pretty interesting uh, like infograph that was done i think <laughs> i actually joked about this last week but where i get all my news is from slasher and slasher actually retweeted this nice little infographic that was like basically like the prize winnings of the last 18 years basically i think it was from like december 1st 2000 to December, no, uh, December 31st, 2000, to December 31st, 2018. And Dota is literally like, I think like, I, I don't even remember the, the, like, the correct amount of money, but it was an insane amount ahead every other competitive esports. So like, I mean, like, if there's a game that you should want to get into for like the big bucks, like it's it's Dota, man, because like, Valve's got the money there. That's mainly from TI though, isn't it? It's pretty much all. From a lot TI. of it's a lot yeah. of it's from TI. Yeah, yeah. most of it is from TI. But these tournaments are nothing to scoff at. Like yeah. there is a ton of money that goes into these ones as well. But it's kind of hard when you have TI being like millions of dollars. It really kind of blows things out of the water. Yeah, yeah. TI kind of like reigns supreme as far as some like, would call it an outlier. Oh, dealing with our sample size, right? Yeah. Is is this is this a callback to some kind of argument we made or? No, I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying ex- it is. It's just an outlier if you're looking at the overall stats. So take it with a grain of salt. All right. I mean, unless we have anything else, we can move on to another outlier esports right now, which is Overwatch League. I mean, it's very mainstream, but what? It's not. It's not an outlier at all. Why is it not it's an outlier? It's the because flagship he, esport right now. But, yeah, but isn't it but isn't it an outlier in the way that there's nothing else quite I guess League's very, very similar to it. I was working yeah. on I'm working on my transition, guys. Give me a break. I'm working on it. I can only be so perfect. Nice. <laughs> sure. Really? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, buddy. All right, I see you. Um, but no, we will move on to Project Overwatch, our favorite and only podcast within a podcast where we find a way to talk about Overwatch each and every week for like 30 minutes just because we love talking Overwatch. And But this time it's actually not going to be about any of our teams. I mean, I'm sure we'll all find a way to bring up our teams one way or another, but that's not the main purpose of this because the stage one playoffs happen this weekend well, and the finals happen this weekend as well. And... It was amazing Overwatch, if you ask me. I mean, semifinals were a little disappointing. I mean, both of the semifinal games were 04. But we had um, what I would say probably the best match of Overwatch in the history between the Vancouver Titans and the uh, Shock. Did you guys get to watch a lot of it on Sunday? Or do you watch any of the games this weekend? 
I watched I watched all of San Francisco and Vancouver, but I didn't watch any of the San. So I was actually out at a different event, um, which I'll get to a little bit later. But um, this is actually a point I want to bring up about these. The stage finals come on really quickly. Um, It feels really seamless between the normal, you know, normal set each games. And it's like, all right, by the way, we're in playoffs. By the way, here's the finals all of a sudden. Um, So I feel like I don't know. I kind of wish there was a little bit of time, a little bit of I think we talked about this before. I, I, I bring it up quite a bit, but I wish there was like some time to kind of hype it up a little bit because they were really hyped games, but it just kind of went like it just zoomed past. Like this stage just went by really quickly. Finals just like came and went super quickly. I wish there was a little bit of hype leading up to it, especially since it's a ton of money on the line and it's a really big match. Yeah. Half a million dollars for anyone that didn't know it was $500,000. The first place of stage one. And, and I, I understand what you mean, but I remember last year, some of the playoffs being like eight hours of overwatch on a Saturday, a ton of games. Like this just felt more doable and actually easy to consume it all. I was, I was busy a lot of this weekend, so I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but I was still able to catch at least parts of every single game because they just be, I mean, there's two games on, Saturday, there's the one game on uh, Sunday. You had a couple, um, I think you had two on Thursday and Friday as well. Like It was just so much more easy to understand versus last year. They had games Thursday, Friday, and then all the stage playoffs were Friday, uh, I mean, Saturday, Sunday. So it was. this just felt so much more doable for anyone that actually wanted to watch all of it, and I enjoyed it a lot more. Maybe it was because of how good Sunday's game was. Really kind of biased it a lot for me, but... I enjoyed this stage playoffs a lot more than I remember enjoying first stage last year, even though um, the Valiant had nothing to do with it. I think I, so. I think they. Sorry, sorry, James. Uh, I just want to finish the point I was making earlier. Yeah, go ahead. But I think it's better. But like, I still would have liked to see like some sort of like, even if it's just like a week break between like the playoffs and the final match, because like going from one day to the next, it's like okay, cool. But like, I don't know, build some hype up. Like, I know it's a meme of, like, building a storyline and stuff in esports, but, like, give us a little bit of time, like, a week to kind of get hype about the matches, a week to be like, all right, we know the two um, people in the, the finals. Let the social medias go wild. Let them, you know, post some some hype stuff. Let's let's get the fan bases, like, really on board and, like, going into the week with, like, at least some prep and some anticipation for it rather than, all right, Saturday, let's see who's in the finals. Oh, the next day we're in the finals. It's over already. It just it just goes really really quickly. I think there could be some time for hype. Why why not? Why not? What's bad about giving some time for hype? Well, that's just it. Like I like I found it was only the team social medias who really had a chance to like hype each other up. I mean, God bless the the graphic designers for like the shock and the Titans because like they were the ones who really made it a selling point. Like the Overwatch League didn't do like they didn't do any crazy like okay so like the finals between like Philly and London. Like, I mean, that was hyped up, like, especially by the league. Right. Like, so, I mean, but I that's the grand finals. I mean, is yeah, there a week yeah. break between the LE, the, like the LCS finals? Like that, that's what would happen here is that they decide who's the final two in the LCS finals and they wait a week. That's just not how esports works. And I don't know if that necessarily build hype after a but, great semifinal round, but the LEC is waiting a week between regular season and playoffs. They're letting that week build. I, I, I'm, not too, I'm not too sure about North America, but I know for sure Europe is giving a week break before they go into in the playoffs. And they even still, they don't do it all in one weekend. You know, they, they do semifinals one weekend, next weekend, and then they do the quarters or the quarter semis and then 
finals, I think. I like I'm pretty sure that's how it's broken down, but there is it's not one weekend boom, we're done. You know what I mean? Now of course it is a different format because it's a stage setup vice, you know, summer split, spring split, and that's it, right? So I mean I get the necessity for condensing it, but at the same time, like especially if you're a team that is like you're a fan of a team that's not winning. Six games are gone. Boom! You're out. You're out of. You're out of playoff contention. You know what I mean. And like six games comes really, really quick, especially if your team plays twice on some weekends, which they all do, right? So, um, that being said, though, Andrew, I know you were talking about how how nicely laid out it was and how like spaced out it was, and how much time there was for it. But if you were watching it on ABC, apparently a four hour block was far, far too much to watch some uh, to watch some nerds play a video game that had a commentator. Yeah, this is. I mean, this happened. Last year, a little bit too, and I don't know. Every time, anytime any esports is on TV, it's. I mean, it's fun reading through some of the comments. I mean, I've seen there's a clip from uh, Super from the San Francisco uh, Shock making fun of people kind of doing it. Like, I don't think anyone in esports takes it super seriously. If anything, a lot of people are going online to defend it. I mean, it's. Uh, we're still at that point where we still kind of need to defend it, I really think, at least on national TV and all that kind of stuff. But I definitely saw some people, I was kind of scanning the hashtags, all that kind of stuff while the games, and some people were actually kind of interested. And some people, would, I saw one guy that started a thread, like, beginning, he was, like, hating on it, calling all these kids nerd. Then, like, an hour and a half later, he tweets, he's like, the more I watch this, the more I actually enjoy this. Like, There you go, we got one, guys. Yeah, we, so, like, uh, we, we got one. I, I get that that a lot of people still are very against it being on TV, but it's not for them. It's for it's for the gamers. <laughs> it's for it's gamers. for all of us. It's all the people. That I don't put- think it is. I really don't think it being on ABC is for us, though, because like we watch on Twitch. Why would we watch on ABC? I think this is for like a wide audience who like might have like a passing interest in esports or maybe just an interest in games. And this is to bring them in like maybe really like far down the road like once it becomes super mainstream then yeah it is for like everyone at that point but i think i mean like twitch is is, is what we watch it on like so I, I think i think like kate in the chat really made a good point like this is for the people who have family members who are probably like their kids and stuff like that who are involved in this and who have like talked about it and you know this is them trying to like kind of like I'm not to say like bond with their kid, but I mean, trying to have a better understanding of it. Right. So, and this is a means that they're familiar with and they're like, Oh, okay. This is what my kid, this is what my, you know, my, like my ne- my niece, my nephew, whatever I've been talking about. Now I can try to check it out. And it's through a means I understand. You know what I mean? I wish I could relate. Um, I turned it on for the last map. I was watching on my phone up to the very last map of the shock versus Vancouver game. And I turned off uh, the March Madness and my dad walks out there. He sits down on the couch for about 30 seconds. He said, all right, I had enough. Turn this shit off. <laughs> so I can't quite relate to that and watching it with my parents. But no, I, I have seen a lot of stories, of a lot of people kind of on Twitter that I follow that like, like, oh, like my parents sent me pictures of like this being on TV and all that kind of stuff. And like, it, it's still very niche. I agree that it's not 100% for the gamers, like how I said earlier. But I mean, it's... It's still for people that are kind of in the know. I don't think it's going to attract many people that have no idea what's going on. It's still people that at least heard of it or have some kind of idea about it. Because I think who this is really kind of going after and whatever. I mean, ABC is owned by... I mean, ultimately, it all kinds of comes back to the deal with Disney that they did and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I think it was really cool. I love watching on TV, having it on the big screen. I mean, sure, I could do that with Twitch, too. But I love the idea of just it being on ABC and kind of being a big deal that 
it doesn't happen too much for esports and being just a stage finals versus the grand finals it's a little different because this isn't as big as an event and it's still big enough that abc wants to put it on tv for three hours so i definitely think it's a good thing overall yeah yeah uh, yeah like i mean i think again like i think it bridges the gap for some people but like i mean other we of course get the uh what is it the crazy people of facebook that are just like losing their minds because they they can't wrap their head around something other than sports being commentated on and not knowing how to really drink that in i don't know i i i it got me some special places in my heart seeing all these people freak out about it i i love i feed off of that it is always entertaining at least yeah just a little bit just a little bit yeah i mean i saw i think james i don't know one of you two kind of put it in there but Titan social media this weekend was absolutely insane in terms of their graphic, how interactive yeah. they were. Everything all the teams did in social media that are kind of made it farther on. I mean, even uh, Fusion and Atlanta, I remember seeing a lot of it. But Vancouver just has, I think, the best social media in all of the Overwatch League right now. It was so much skeptical because they weren't really doing anything at the beginning of the season because they're having kind of issues with the team. But now, every graphic they put out, everyone retweets. I mean, it's just ridiculous how well they do how well they interact with people so i don't know which one of you kind of put that call out on there but i 100 agree yeah, i love it that was me yeah mainly and it was mainly because not only because of their graphics and stuff like that but how they took their victory over san francisco and how they presented it to the rest of the community being like this wasn't a crazy good stage final only because of us like we needed somebody to make it crazy with us and the shock did that and yeah. like they were basically they thanked the shock for how they played and stuff like that which I thought to me, I was just like, you don't see that a lot in esports. You don't see people like you don't see organizations acting like that. And it was for me, it was it was really nice. It was a really nice change to see Vancouver carry themselves like this. Because you're right, like they were like a sleeper organization. Like we didn't know what was going on with them. Like I mean, we well, we know they're a runaway. We know what we, we wanted the from runaways. them. Yeah, we knew that we knew they were the runaways. We knew we had an idea what their logo was like. But other than that, there was no build up. There was no hype. I think even initially, like their graphics were a little like off kilter and stuff like that. So everybody was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to take from these guys. And now here they are putting up monster graphics, having some of the best social media interactions, like you said um, earlier. And I think that's just it's it's so nice to see. Plus, Canadian organization. Yeah, I'm surprised, I'm surprised you didn't make crazy. a big deal out of that. But go on. Sorry, Don. Like, it's pretty crazy that like this team essentially came from contenders, absolutely killing it there and is going all right, you're you're in the, the big boy league now, and they're like, okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah, this is this is an anime it. story arc. Smash it! This is a full anime story arc. No, but it, it is like really crazy because it is. I mean, they 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 just took the skill gap and just ran with it, which does lead me to believe that, like, I I guess the skill between you know some contenders teams and the Overwatch League probably isn't that huge. You know, there's probably a lot yeah. of amazing players who are just in contenders right now, just waiting for their well, there's a thing that um, that the Runaways were kind of quoted, or like the Titans were quoted on, saying that like Korean contenders was tougher than some of the teams that they were playing against in the Overwatch League, right? So I feel like there's a lot of like sleeper teams out there that we're just not seeing. Like I can imagine even like teams like the Drop Bears and stuff like that. These these guys who really dominate each of their regions, if they put they were put up against some of the lower T teams, I hate to say it, all three of our teams, they would probably like either give them a run for their money or take them to town. And yes, that even includes the Valiant, Andrew, because you guys aren't running Custa. We're making trades. 
Hasn't happened yet. We're making trades, number one. Number two, you got to think a lot of contenders are the people that are under 18 as well. You see, pretty much some of these players, as soon as they turn 18 and they get picked up, they get brought up to the full roster. That's where contenders do really well. And I think that's what the problem was with a lot of the runaway guys. I I don't know too much about runaway. I know kind of the storyline. I guess I don't know their ages. But that could have been a reason of why a lot of them didn't get picked up in season one because of age problems. I know that's why a lot of amazing players didn't get picked up stage one, but have been in the rosters this year is because of that. So that's something also to kind of keep in mind of why some contenders teams can be so well that they have these young prodigy players that just haven't turned 18 yet. So they're just down in contenders because that's all they can really do right now. But yeah, Kate said it in the chat um, uh, that always support tier two, tier three overwatch. There is no overwatch league this weekend, but there are still contenders contenders going on tonight. I think Tuesday night as well, a couple nights this week. So make sure to go watch contenders from any region and support tier two, tier three Overwatch because there are just as good of players down there as in the Overwatch League. But I'm gonna hand it over to one of you two. Which one of you guys, Dylan? I want you to talk about Fusion's Dune Arena. Yeah, a I'll bit. take it. Um, Fusion, obviously, being my um, Overwatch League season one team, um, just because I'm a PA boy. Uh, they're going through some crazy stuff because they just announced their new arena. So obviously coming off of the heels of uh, the commissioner's announcement that in 2020, we're going to see a lot of home games. Uh, Fusion's like, all right, here's our sick stadium. And it's actually really sick. So just to paint the picture of what it is, um, it's going to be right next to where the Steelers and the 76ers play. So both of those stadiums are right next to each other. This is like right next to it. It's in like the heart of like, or sorry, not the Steelers, um, the Eagles. Sorry, Eagles, my fault. Sorry, sorry, Philly fans out there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be right in the heart of it. And it's going to hold 3,500 people um, built with esports in mind. So like, this is the real deal. This isn't some like it's, random place. It's pretty much in. the Blizzard Arena, but in Philadelphia. It's yeah, kind of the best so, way to like, think of it. They have special places for like event staff and operations, and they're going to have the like headquarters um, for where the team is going to be. So they'll have their little practice area and stuff, which I assume whenever they're actually home, they'll use that space to practice and, you know, go through all their games and scrims and stuff like that. But this is insanely hype. I can't wait to see it be built and I will for sure be making a trip up to Philly uh, to watch some games. What no, I, I, I go, go on. on. Go oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. But what I really want to call out, sorry, is that it is what five, seven times the size of the Blizzard Arena. It seats thirty five hundred people. It's huge. Blizzard Arena yeah, right now. I was just gonna say, yeah, only seats four hundred and fifty. That's huge. And if you, if I'm being honest, probably too big to start. But I think it's gonna be able to grow into it. I think yeah. it'll be hard. I mean, opening night, you probably fill those seats just because it's opening night. People from the East Coast will be coming up there to see this huge arena. But I think consistently that's going to be really hard to fill even next season. But I think in the long run and as other events and as Comcast gets involved in more esports, they're going to have that room to grow. They're going to be able to host some of these bigger events from like the Dream Hacks, all that kind of stuff can now be held in Philadelphia because they have a 3,500 seating uh, arena. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. So I think that's something really cool in that it's for the fusion, but it really opens up just East Coast esports as a whole a lot more because it gives you another hub along the coast outside of New York to host events. And it's big enough to do about anything. 
Yeah. And so right now, in terms of esports on the East Coast, we're going to have the Barclays uh, Center. Obviously, its main use is basketball, but we've seen it used for a ton of different esports events. It's proven to be really good. And obviously, the owners and operators, like they know what's going on with esports at this point. Um, the new Fusion Arena. And then in DC, we have a esports arena that I think it's still being built, um, but it's also going to come up. Now, it's not going to be as intense, and the hype for it definitely isn't the same. Um, but it is also being built with esports in mind. So three big places on the East Coast for esports, and I love it. I'm hyped. It's yeah. It, when, when I saw the announcement, first off, the video is super cool. Go watch the video. Kind of shows the overview and all that kind of stuff too. But just overall, I love seeing this. I love seeing new arenas. Hopefully, more of them pop up. I thought a lot of teams were just going to be playing in pre-existing kind of uh, theaters and stuff like that. So seeing Fusion already announcing that they're building their own, we might see a couple more kind of coming up. Like I know Valiant's playing in the Microsoft Theater, and I don't know where some other teams are playing, so I'd be curious to see where everyone ends up. But I'd love to see a lot of teams having their own arenas. But I do see some problems coming up with that. And if you want to hear more about those problems, always plugging, I did put on an article today kind of talking about the negative sides of uh, geolocating in the Overwatch League. Just some of my worries. I'm super hyped for the idea, but there's a lot of a lot of things that go wrong with it. And I talked about that today. And also, if you read to the very end of his article, it links to the my side, which is the pro geolocation. So definitely get both sides. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm super excited for this geolocation arenas. All this stuff is super, super cool to me. And I I just had some worries, but it's more or less what I want to. But do we have anything else we want to talk about Overwatch wise before we move on to some of the next stories? Talk a little bit of Hearthstone and League of Legends coming up. Death to Goats, maybe. Yeah, Death to I don't know. Do any of us really know that much about the patches or anything like that? I think we can all hope no. that goats are going to. I mean, Baptiste has been confirmed that he will be in the next stage. Um, Paris map will be in the next stage. So there'll be changes. We'll be it'll be curious to see what comes out of it. But I don't know. No one knows how it's going to go until day one of stage two. So let's hope. But we saw some good ass goats on Sunday. If you haven't didn't watch the finals, watch finals because that is some of the best Overwatch I've ever watched. And I've watched a lot to this point so far. So do go watch that if you have any interest in Overwatch. But let's call that and move on to a much much smaller and shrinking esport dylan <laughs> yeah oh uh, no and i i take that assessment you know perfectly fine i definitely think it's it's an all right assessment so of course we're talking about hearthstone as the resident hearthstone expert here i'm very sad <laughs> so um there's actually some good things coming out i'll talk about the good and then we'll talk about them so they have this new um so they have a a, a new set coming out um, and not only that, but it's like a new year. And so like they have a card rotation for Stan and all that. So for them, it's like, all right, new, new start. Let's go guys. So, uh, the big thing that they implemented was this auto deck fill feature. So normally if you had like 15 out of 30 cards and you hit auto suggest, um, it would just fill it in with stuff. And it's been notoriously bad, like God awful, like just putting garbage cards in there and if you so you can actually copy decks from like um essentially it's like a like a paste bin mm-hmm. so you can copy a deck that you see online and then just like paste it in and it'll fill it out and if you don't have the cards it grays them out um but you can go suggest and you'll suggest something and it'll be like oh instead of this you can put these cards in there 
that has been notoriously terrible. Like you'll have like a legendary creature in there that's like super powerful, super good. And I'll say like, oh, you have this, you know, one mana cost. that's like really bad, like for, for no reason whatsoever. And one's like, this is terrible. But what the Hearthstone team did is this blows my mind. So they're using they're using some algorithms, some machine learning, some big data. Um, and what they did is essentially they're collecting all the data, all the matches, all the win rates, and all the deck lists for those matches. And they're using it in their autofill now. So whenever you have a deck and you hit autofill, it will put cards that are actually relevant, cards that are actually good in there. Does so it, what's, sorry, does go it, ahead. Does it base around like the cards that are already in the deck too? And it's yes. like, oh, like this syncs up. Re- okay, cool. So that's yes. kind of... I, 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 What's what's really cool is I've seen um, demonstrations of this where they'll throw like one or two cards in there and hit autofill and it will make a deck that's actually good and actually can hmm. win games. That's it's cool. incredible. Nice. OK, um, I absolutely love it. So what they this comes in like threefold. So the first one is they introduce deck recipes, which is really cool. So you start out the game and they're like you go to make a deck and it'll go. Here's three suggestions. One of them is like a van- vanilla flavored classic flavor, which is like the very core baseline identity of the, the, the class that you choose. One is from like an older set and one is from like the brand new set. And it'll have it themed around like what kind of mechanics are in those sets and what that class does really well. Super good for new players. They're not always super competitive, but they're really good. And this just adds a layer in there where you're going to have people come in and actually be able to play good decks and have good suggestions, even if they don't know what they're doing, like very well. So can I come in it's and incredible. beat you? Um, you will never be able to beat me. I'm in. I'm the best at card games. So literally uh, the best. That. that goes out to everyone who listens to one v one me any card game. I'm talking Hearthstone, Magic, Yu Gi Oh. Let's go. Pokemon. I want Pokemon. You- load, load up some Pokemon games. Let's go. I want you guys uh, to know I- that my mine Dylan's head to head record is significantly in my favor. I don't know if that's true. I think our head-to-head record is quite tipped in my favor, my we friend. We'll see. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, but anyways, <laughs> this is the good news. The bad news. They had a, a stream. Actually, today they had a reveal stream. It was very poor, poorly done. It was drawn out. It kind of sucked. There was a bunch of bugs. Um, so it wasn't great. The cards kind of suck. No one really likes the cards. Oh, and no. on top of that... Um, I think it's super data. I think that's the people who do it. They do a bunch of the esports stats and stuff like that for a couple of years now. Um, but they did one in terms of revenue for games and Hearthstone's down 52% in revenue, which is huge. Oh, this is like two factors. One, obviously Magic Arena is taking a huge chunk of that. And two, the game just kind of sucks. Like it's not really great right now, unfortunately. And I don't know. Uh, you know, Blizzard's been really turning people over. I mean, even even though I know Ben Brode left. I don't know if he had like a he didn't have a super big uh, hand in the design anymore at that point. Um, but in, it's it's still symbolic that he left, and it kind of shifted into a different phase of the game. And I don't know. It feels different. It's not great. No one wants to play it anymore. I don't hear it talked about it near as much anymore. As when we started, I feel like it was very big, constantly talked about, constantly seeing articles pop up here and there. And now, 
I, I hear very little about it. Like, I have not heard any of this, and I've been on Reddit a lot today. I've been on social media looking at stuff, and I've had no no talks about any of this, which is really concerning. Yeah, because everyone who used to play, at least like Twitch streamers, a lot of them have just shifted over and they do different stuff. Either they're playing um, Magic, they switch to variety streaming, IRL streaming, they just switch to different stuff. Um, and so like the Twitch, uh, like the Twitch ecosystem for it, which is terrible, absolutely terrible right now. It's in a, it's in dire straits. Um, and on top of that, none of the tournaments are that hype. No one really, no one really cares what's going on. Um, I don't like the new format that they're using specialist. Yeah. I, sucks. We talked about yeah, that I, mean, I was just going to say like that, like, I mean, at least conquest was familiar to people and then you go to this and people got to relearn it. And I mean, it, no, it's know, not like, even relearn it. It's just, I think it's just a bad system to use. I think it's, it's pretty flawed, but I don't know. I'm always hopeful. Uh-oh. Uh, it's been on the, oh, I've always been just trying to advocate for it and trying to press it forward. So, I don't know. I'm always hopeful, but you know, feels bad. Well, I don't know. We got magic. You got magic at least. At least you have something. I mean, yeah, but you can have both. Why not both? Why not, Why not both? both? Why not talk about both the LCS and the LEC playoffs coming up, James? Segway. I think the uh, I think the pun patrol is knocking at your door there, buddy. That's not a pun. Like, that's a segue. There's a difference. Well, it's a it's a subpar segway. Segway. Um, yeah, no. So, like, a, we've we've said this a bunch that we don't really run like we don't really want to talk about like scores and stuff like that. But we do want to kind of talk about storylines as far as like you know some of the major games in the major leagues. Um, LCS just rounded off. LC LEC, like as I previously mentioned, took a break. Uh, we saw some really really cool stuff out of the LEC or the LCS because that was what was on this past weekend. Um, as far as cool and compelling storylines, uh, Echo Fox have been dubbed the Titan Slayers, which I think is a super dope name. Um, they're on a four game tear right now with their lead, latest victims being CLG, TSM, Cloud Nine, Team Liquid literally the four like or like the, yeah the four like oldest organizations in north america they've taken all of them out it's crazy um so they they've basically been they've been dubbed this moniker it's super cool it's it, it's really fun they're kind of led by uh, rush aka kind boy who's like a huge huge personality in the scene like everybody knows him they love his streams um He's, you know, he just came back into the LCS. He very, very entertaining. His interviews are also freaking hilarious. Um, and then, of course, we have like TSM, who have kind of found their like their hold again. I know pre- in previous years uh, we've kind of talked about TSM being like back and forth and stuff like that, but they really, they really kind of found their own. Um, but then we have two org- orgs that weren't really exp- like the other the other two orgs that have got buys are TSM or uh, C9 and. TL, which nobody is really surprised by. They have a ton of money. They have some killer players, but they're joined by FlyQuest and Golden Guardians. Um, Golden Guardians are like a success story. They're literally Rudy. Like these guys went from going 0 and 10, or like in 10th place, sorry, in the first like their debut year for franchising, and now they're in playoffs. And they are led by none other than Hedrick Froggen Hansen, who is considered washed up. He's considered like. Well, he's like he's an old hat. Like this guy is like dated, but they have some they have some really compelling performances. It's sick, and they do it like unorthodoxy. Like they, they like like they, they don't they don't run like uh, traditional stuff. Like frog and bust out random stuff all the time. And it's sick. It's really fun to watch. 
Also, something I picked up recently about the Golden Guardians, friend of the podcast, Sam Han, does some of the videos for them for their social media. So, like, all those meme really? videos that you see, he makes those. Wait, like, the, so the Orn, like... He made that. He makes oh, all those awesome. really good ones. Like That's so good! Every single time a video comes out, I always go to his Twitter, and he, like, retweets saying, oh, it took me, like, this many hours to do this, or, like, I loved making this one and all that kind of stuff. So either he's lying <laughs> and just makes that up, or he actually <laughs> makes all lying, of them. Yeah? But no, I know, I know he, when he moved out there, he worked with Travis a little bit, and Travis introduced him to the team. And that, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does some freelance work for him or helps with some of the videos for him. So that is something fun I realized, like, I think two weeks ago. And now we're talking about the Golden Guardians. I figured bring him back up. But back to the regularly scheduled scheduled programming. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Sam, great job, buddy. Quality work. I love your I love your stuff. Finally, is uh, FlyQuest. Um, Andrew's Andrew's original team. I don't know how much he follows them anymore. anymore, I don't follow any League of Legends anymore. There really? we go. There it is. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, they're up against the Golden Guardians. Um, I actually, I've actually tried to make an effort to like watch teams like extended, um, like all their extra content and stuff like that. And FlyQuest puts out some good I stuff. I do watch that though. Yeah. Like they're like, they're like, so they kind of do like vlogs where like each player kind of like runs around with the camera for a bit and like kind of follows their life and stuff like that. Like the one I watched was on Pole Belter. And like Paul Belter is an incredibly talented individual. Like he's very musically gifted. He he's a genius. So like you got to see like him doing this like, like kind of like musical number, which is really dope. So um and he all I guess also FlyQuest is coming out with a shirt that says Notorious and it's got Paul Belter with a crown and everything and it's shaped right that. after like yeah I'm picking one up. So you were gonna say something, Andrew? Another connection we have there, Steve Fortin, the one I did an interview with and I talked to sometimes, is the FlyQuest social media manager as well. So we have the ins, not the ins. We we know people. We've interacted with people that run both of those accounts so far, and they're both doing phenomenal work. So anyone that we anyone that we work with, you go do amazing social media work. So just keep that in mind that it has nothing to do with the incredible hard work that they put in. It absolutely has to do with touching us. So keep that in mind. We got special energy. Collaborate BD. with us, guys. We yeah. <laughs> what do we What do we have, Andrew? What do we got? BDE. And you know Jesus. it. Oh, All God. Right. All right, yeah. what do we got to talk about next? <laughs> Games, please. I'm just finally, finally, LEC, moving over to Europe. Uh, Europe, of course, we did a big we did a big segment on how they, like, did their, redid their franchising and all that good stuff. Um, the biggest crazy story, oh, there's two, there's actually two, there's two. So me and, me and Andrew made a, um, a bet at the beginning of uh, the regular season for spring split, saying... Dylan, or uh, Andrew, of course, taking G2 to make playoffs. And no, so take, take number one in stage. Take number one in stage. Okay, yeah, or sp- split, whatever. whatever. Um, Dylan took G- – or Jesus, Andrew took G2. I took Misfits. Misfits didn't even make playoffs. G2 took first overall. Um, that being said, though, they lost the Fnatic their Who last cares? game. I'm just saying it's going to make for a very interesting playoffs because Fnatic are on a tear. They are on a hot streak. We talked about kind of their downfall a little bit previously in the earlier episodes, but I think they're on something like an eight-game tear or something like that. It's ridiculous. They finally found their stride with Nemesis, and it's great. It's really fun to watch. Make some quality League of Legends. Someone actually put out a tweet that pretty much both playoff scenarios are exactly the same going into for League of Legends stages, that there's a number one seed that can bomb. Um, that solidified their slot and then lost a couple of games and looked bad towards the end of the year. 
a number two seed that was expected to be there, had a slow start and then locked it in playing well at the end of the season. Then number three, both had teams that were expected to be top three, had a horrible start to the stage, and then went on incredible winning streaks to make the number three spot. They're both exactly the same. I forgot who saw that yeah. tweet, but the storylines there are actually both very similar, so I loved kind of seeing that. It was just a fun thing to point out that they're very similar playoff scenarios. Right, you duped your script, guys. Yeah. Come on. like You, you got to change it up per region. Come on, boys. But yeah, no, that's kind of just my quick little rant about it. Um, it's going to make it's gonna make for some really fun stuff. The, the teams that are squeezing in with the LEC like Shulka or not Shulka um SK who are like old titans of of Europe and uh and Vitality who um are always fun to watch they're all there too so yeah watching League of Legends guys it's gonna be really fun don't watch Hearthstone because apparently it's dying true but you could have watched a huge collegiate event this weekend that Dylan was at yeah, so this past there. weekend I'm getting there with the transitions I'm yeah, just saying. it was good it was yeah. good uh, so this past this past weekend I went down to Penn State um, where I graduated back in the day. What really? We um, never heard you talk about that before. You you went to Penn State. You went to Penn State. Yeah. Fuck what? Off. But anyways, I went back there, um, as I usually do whenever they have esports events going on, and uh, they had the Nittany Invitational, which is their uh, yearly end of the year big event they usually have. They invite a bunch of different collegiate schools down um, to play esports, and it was pretty hype. Um, so I went down. Um, Hung out a little bit. I played in a Street Fighter tournament. Um, I made top eight. All right. Not bad. There might have only been eight okay. people. There was only eight people in it, but oh, I made top eight. Okay, wait, hold on. Where did you get in top eight? You took eighth. No, I got fifth. Oh, why oh, not take top five? Yeah, well, I got top five. The top five is a weird number, though, but still. <laughs> um, anyways, um, it was really cool. It was hype. Um, they had a ton of sponsors giving out a ton of different stuff. Different schools were there, uh, so like RIT, Rutgers was there. Um, I think uh, GWU was there, um, and some other smaller schools. Um, but it was cool. Um, they came out, uh, and the big like headliner event was actually Rainbow Six Siege. Was the headliner event actually? Okay. Normally it is League of Legends, but you know Rainbow Six was just popping off on this event. I guess um, they had three K viewers watching. Um, I think it was RIT versus Penn State. It was hype. It, it, it was hype. I was uh, I was mid drive uh, back to DC when it was happening, but <laughs> it was really cool. Like three K is good for some for a collegiate event. That's really I mean, good. That's, that's really good for a collegiate event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only other one that gets, I mean, like supersedes it, I think, is probably uh, the Scarlet Classic that Rutgers puts on because that's that one is an insanely big. Um, you know, it's like a huge event for smash it's a huge event for street fighter it's going to be one of the qualifiers for the espn collegiate championship that one's going to be really really big too um so i'll probably end up reporting on that for you guys whenever that comes around but good stuff watch collegiate events because they're good they're good events support tier, tier two, two yeah. overwatch and i was just about to say that and support tier two overwatch support the lower levels of esports because that is what built us to where we are today but Let's move on to some honorable mentions. I think that kind of wraps us up for a lot of the bigger stories we had today, unless anyone wanted to touch back up on anything else. I'm good. No. Do you guys want to feel old? You guys want to feel old? PUBG is two years old. That seems about right. That doesn't seem about right for me. Those years are are cruising by. It feels like PUBG just came out. 
I think I think it was in the last six months I realized like PUBG like had like fallen out of favor. Like that's and I was like, oh now I'm starting and now it's starting. Um I have two lovely honorable mentions. One that uh, Basil99 brought up in the chat that Method signed the first competitive POE team, Path of Exile. They've That's actually picked hype. up. A, yeah, they actually picked up a uh, the, like a competitive team for it, which is sick. I like Method because they're kind of unorthodox with it as far as like their uh, their like competitive teams and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to see what they do for uh, for POE. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited. The other thing was. I went on a tangent last week about the uh, the tea time takedown. Um, I was down visiting my parents over the weekend, and I was talking to them about this. I was like, "Yo, like the, you guys are kind of like not like now, but I mean, like you know, the, they would have been the targeted audience for this." So I brought it up and I talked to them about it, and of course they said, "Well, we just unplugged the internet because we they literally did that to me uh, back in the day," and or they just like yell at me and tell me to come downstairs. I tried to show them the page; it's gone. There's no trace of it anywhere. No way. I can't find it on t- like people are asking about it on Twitter. There's no banner up for it anymore. It is gone. It's into the abyss. It doesn't exist anymore. So Yikes. yeah, no, it didn't. Like I mean, we are all our skepticism. Like it kind of came true. Mess it with a bunch of angry gamers. Oh man, like just like I couldn't believe it, man. I, I still know what they were thinking. I don't know what they were thinking either. That was he was. So genius. Dumb. Yeah. They heard wait, what? They heard Kate previously cursing about it, and then they were like, Oh, okay. Well, maybe we're just pissing a lot of people off. Yeah, I'm actually glad that Kate was on. Kate was a lot more emotional about it than I would have been. I would have beamed <laughs> around and talked about how great of an idea it was for 15 minutes while you guys just yelled at me. So I think I think didn't I legitimately mock him while I was doing that, Dylan? You mock me I a lot Andrew. when I'm gone. Yeah. So it's hard to that. remember when I you're mocking my, me about it. I actually had a honorable mention, but I forgot about it. We were talking about a little bit in pre-show. Do either one of you remember what I said I was going to talk about? Uh Uh-oh. No. Dude, I I can't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning, so I don't know. That's about a 12-hour difference, but you know, it's a little little different. But I guess guess we do have one more thing to talk about, Dylan. I guess I'll let you kind of lead about a little bit of the PAX talk. Yeah, so we're going to be at PAX East, uh, myself and Andrew. Uh, that's Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, so if you want to hang out, say hi, meme around, goon around the convention center or anything, we're going to be there Wednesday through Sunday. So just shoot us like a like a message anywhere on our personal Twitters or, or over at, at the eSports pod. Um, we'll be sure to find a time, meet up with you guys if, if you want to say hi. Yeah, I mean, I know we'll be at all of the eSports panel, the gritty panel will be at a couple of other panels here and there too. So we'll be going to a lot of those too. But otherwise, this is my first packs that I've talked about a lot. So I'm just trying to take it all in. So I'm super hyped. So if anyone wants to do just about anything, I think I will say yes to anything. Especially if you want to go out drinking with me and Dylan at night. I'm going to show this little, this old man how uh, to keep drinking a little bit. So <laughs> you are more anyone is more than welcome who's in the Boston area to come out and drink and with us. And of course, we're talking about getting some good old fashioned hydration through water. Yeah. That's the root, kind beer. Of drink. root beer as well. But <laughs> is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Otherwise that is going to be it for project esports. Nothing from either one of you. Hydrated. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Yeah, stay hydrated. You do. That is, that is my, that is my advice. My parting advice for, for on record is stay hydrated. And right. no one, don't feel too short around Andrew. It's okay, buddy. He's it's a okay. giant. 
He is a giant. I am a giant. No, I'm not. But with that, that is going to be all for the Project Esports podcast for March 25th, 2019. We will see you guys back in April for the next episode. Yeah, and uh, we had a ton of interaction in chat like while we were doing our live episode. So greatly appreciated everybody for coming out. Uh, we all we all love you so so much. And if you do get a chance to see these two fine gentlemen in person, they'll love you even more. They'll be able to express their love in person, and it'll be great because who doesn't who doesn't like that? Um, but yeah, no. Anything you guys uh, give us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. We love it. We love it so much. Yeah, and don't forget we go live every single Monday here at twitch.tv slash popped underscore off at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time um, until 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. And if you're able to catch the show, uh, check out YouTube at Popped Off YouTube. Um, we put the VODs up there the following day. And if you want to listen to the audio version, just go on any single podcast platform out there. Just search Project Esports Podcast. We're there. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, um, Podbean, Podmeme, pod team all of them we're there <laughs> but with that thanks for watching i am andrew i'm james and i'm dylan and thank you for watching project esports podcast we will see you guys all next monday with more esports news our packs kind of recap and more so we will see you guys then and we'll head into post show